1: It starts with D and ends with T. That's DREFT, Procter & Gamble's Sudsing Miracle, 2,000 years newer than soap. DREFT brings you the life of Riley. DREFT, D-R-E-F-T, DREFT, America's largest selling brand for washing silks, nylons, woolens, dishes... Presents the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. It's breakfast time in a certain little California bungalow. As husband and wife sit serenely over their coffee cups, it seems as if nothing could mar this domestic bliss. But in this case, the husband is Chester A. Riley.
2: More coffee, Riley?
3: No thanks, Jumplin. I don't care for this Ajax brand of coffee. Next time, buy Kingsley's coffee.
2: Oh, you think Kingsley coffee's better than Ajax? Oh, no,
3: no comparison. Like day and night, I can drink gallons of that Kingsley's coffee.
2: Well, it just so happens that this is Kingsley's coffee.
3: Oh. Uh. Well, oh, is it? Well, well, then next time, buy Ajax coffee.
2: <laughs> you
3: men are impossible. <laughs> well, try living without us. <laughs> <laughs> don't think we women couldn't do it. Uh...
4: <laughs> Morning, Mother. Morning, Daddy. Hello, Bye, Mother. Bye, Daddy.
3: Bye, Babs. So, well, wait a minute. What's your hurry?
4: Oh, the girls are waiting for me. We're going swimming at Malibu. Mother, did you see my sunglasses? Well, aren't they on the buffet, dear? No. Maybe they're in this drawer. Oh, here they are. Oh, what's this package in here? Well, I don't know. Riley, is that yours? Huh?
3: Oh, yeah. I had bought that yesterday. Open it up, bed. Oh.
4: Well, what in the
2: world? Well, what a funny teacup.
3: That's no teacup. It's something I always needed, a mustache cup.
2: <laughs> a mustache cup? Well for what, Riley?
3: What a silly question for trimming my mustache and keeping it neat.
2: But you haven't got a mustache.
3: Well, I might get one. <laughs> Plenty of things happen in this house right under my nose. <laughs>
4: Well, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye, Bye, dear.
3: Bye. <laughs> Under my nose. You get it, Peg?
2: <laughs> You'll get it if you start raising a mustache. If you're so interested in growing things, why don't you do some work in the garden?
3: Kindly stop comparing that bed of poison ivy to my upper lip. <laughs> Besides, I ain't growing a mustache. It's just that this was such a terrific bargain. The sign in the store window said, Selling out today. Everything half price.
2: Oh, they probably want to get rid of some odds and ends, so they just put up that sign for a day or two.
3: They did not. I've seen that sign up there for the last three years. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, it was a great bargain. Oh,
2: you and your bargains. Like that time you spent $10 for one bumblebee.
3: Yes, and I could have made a fortune with that bee. You know very well that our backyard is full of flowers just oozing with honey.
2: Well, what's that got to do with buying a bee?
3: Well, you don't expect me to suck the honey out, do you?
2: <laughs> so you put that bee out in the yard and he flew away.
3: Well, some bees just ain't loyal. They want to go in business for themselves.
2: <laughs> well, it's time you learned to stop throwing away money on junk.
3: I throw away? <laughs> That's a good one. You're the one who's extravagant. I'm extra... Well, I like that. I'm well, sure you like it. That's why you do it. <laughs>
2: Just give me one instance where I was extravagant.
3: Well, uh, uh, uh I, I gotta go to work now, I...
2: Just... Oh, no, you don't. We're gonna settle this. When was I extravagant?
3: Well, what about the time you bought them little table mattresses?
2: Table mats. And... <laughs> anyway, what's wrong with that? The best people use them.
3: I want to spill soup on the tablecloth like my dear father did before me. <laughs>
2: Oh, sure. Why should you worry? You don't have to get down on your knees and plead with the laundryman to deliver it on time.
3: Why get on the laundry man's knees? Do the laundry yourself. <laughs> you're home all day. you got plenty of time. Oh, now I neglect the house, do I? Now, Peg, I didn't say that. Oh,
2: sure, I'm home all day. I'm chained to this house like a slave.
3: Well, at least you don't have to take a crowded bus to get to your job. When you climb out of bed in the morning, you're at work. Yes. Yeah.
2: Get up at seven every morning, make your breakfast, and pack your lunch. Then I make the children's breakfast. Then I have to do the breakfast dishes and make four beds. Then it's time to make lunch for Babs and Junior. Then I have to clean the house. Then I have to go shopping and try to buy food at these insane prices and still stay on our budget. Then I come home and start making supper. Oh, sure, I have plenty of time.
3: That's what I said in the first place. You got plenty of time. You men are all alike, always thinking of yourself. Oh, now I'm selfish. First I'm extravagant, now I'm selfish.
2: I didn't say you were selfish. Sure, I
3: put in eight hours a day at the plant, working my head to the bone. (laughs) Comes payday, I get my pay. The government takes 20%, you take 80%, and I'm selfish.
5: Please
2: don't shout. Who's shouting? You're shouting. Now I don't want to hear
3: no more about it. I never discuss things with a woman when she's excited. I'm leaving. Hello. Hello. I mean,
5: goodbye.
3: <laughs> hey, Riley. Come on, let's go. Time to knock off for lunch. Okay, Gillis. Uh, say, Gillis, I, uh, I f- uh, forgot my lunchbox at home. Could you let me have six of your sandwiches? <laughs> Sorry, Riley.
6: I'm going to eat in the plant commissary.
3: Yeah, how come the missus didn't make you no lunch today? She couldn't. My missus has left me. No, kidding. <laughs> oh, gee, I'm sorry, Gillis. Yes, sir. She ran off in a huff to her mother's.
5: Ha,
3: ha, ha, ha. Well, gee, Gillis, ain't you worried?
6: Nah, she'll be back in a couple of days. Besides, I planned the whole thing. I put, her on papers. You did? Sure. I figured that once a year, every married man should get away for a few days from his wife.
3: Well, I don't know if that's right. Uh...
6: Well, of course it's right. Even the criminal gets time off for
3: good behavior. Yeah, but I don't want time off. I learned my lesson last week when I went on a vacation without Peg. Boy, was I lonesome. Well, with my wife, it's different. The only way we can stick together is to stay apart.
6: So I got a system, see? Take yesterday. First I told her she's extravagant. Extravagant? Uh, Did that get her mad? Well, it just made her stew. She never packs up and leaves when she's stewing. But then I told her she don't run the house right. Oh, that fried
3: her. (laughs) Well, did you tell her that she had plenty of time on her hands? Them is the very words I used. Hey, Riley, are you a mind reader? Yeah, I'm psychopathic.
6: (laughs) Then when she was frying, I used my ace card. I left the house, and I didn't kiss her goodbye.
3: Oh, and that made
6: her mad. It never failed. The way my wife acts up about that goodbye morning kiss... You'd think that was all she lived for. Personally, with me, it's strictly routine.
3: Uh, my wife is just like your wife, Gillis. So now Honeybee's at her mother's in Glendale.
6: And I got the run of the house till she cools off and comes back. Ha, <laughs> ha! Come on, let's go eat. I'm starved.
3: All I could eat now is an aspirin. <laughs> hey, what's the matter, Riley? You look sick. I just happened to remember. My wife's mother lives in Boston. <laughs> Hello, Pop. Pop huh? oh, oh, hello, Junior
7: Well, what are you standing out here in front of the house for?
3: Look, Junior There's something I gotta tell you You're old enough to understand now
7: Pop, again with the birds and the bees
3: <laughs> No, no, no It's something else you, you see, Junior This morning your mother and me, we had Well, we We had a fight? Junior, don't be so crude You know your mother and me never fight Oh, well, you had a little tiff. That's it. We had a little tiff during the fight.
5: <laughs>
7: oh, and so now you're afraid to go in the house. Oh,
5: well,
3: not exactly. But, but look, Junior, you've got to help me. Oh,
7: Pop, this is between you and Mom.
3: But us men have got to stick together. Look at it this way, Junior. Life is an eternal battle. Male versus female. Of course, the female is always the aggressor. And being that you're a boy of the masculine type, you should know the motto of our side. Rain or shine, in snow or sleet, the male must come through. (laughs) Well, okay.
7: What do you want me to do?
3: You go inside and kind of watch your mother and then tip me off what kind of a mood she's in. Pop, you want me to spy on Mom? Oh, that ain't spying. If your mother asked you to watch what I'm doing, that would be spying. (laughs) But if I asked you to spy on your mother, that's what the army calls intelligence. (laughs) Now, go on in the house, Junior, and bring me back some intelligence.
5: Hello?
2: Hello, Millie. Oh, I thought we were cut off. Where was I? Oh, yes. Well, when he said that, that was all I could stand. Believe me, I don't have to put up with it, and I won't. Oh, wait a minute, Millie. Somebody just came in. Who's that? It's me, Mom. Oh, Junior, dear. Well, believe me, Millie, no man can talk that way to me and get away with it. Oh, I'm through with him for good. I can feed my family without him. There's plenty others who will appreciate me. I never liked him anyway. Oh, mercy the way that boy slams doors. Well, honest, Millie, that Mr. Greenspreckle is the most insulting grocer I ever dealt with. Well, all I said was, are these eggs really fresh? And he said I was an old snoop. Well, I won't stand for that.
7: You must have had a terrible fight with Mom. Why? Did she say anything to you? Well, no, but I heard her telling Millie Durkin about it on the phone. Yeah, what did she say? What did she say? Well, she said you can't yell at her the way you did and get away with it. Oh, is that all? Well, that's just an expression. isn't it? Yeah, but that's not all. She said... she said she's through with you.
3: No. No, no, Junior, you're fooling. She said
7: she never liked you anyway.
3: <laughs> she never liked me? Well, we've only been married 17 years. I'll grow on her.
7: She said she can feed her family without you.
3: How could she? I pay all the bills. Those that I pay.
7: She said she's finished with it. Oh you. no, Junior, stop it. There are plenty others who will appreciate her, she said.
3: I'll murder the first one I catch appreciating her. <laughs> she's gotta take me back. Oh, Junior, what'll I do? <laughs>
1: Draft will bring you the second act of the life of Riley in a moment. Meantime, this is Ken Carpenter. You know, nobody enjoys a big picnic more than Riley. And no wonder, look who cleans up all those dishes afterwards, Mrs. Riley. Now, if it's the same way at your house, Mother, here's a friendly tip. Draft. Draft. Draft your dishes, and oh, how they shine, shine without wiping in half of the time, and look right Right. bright. bright. Now so don't you get left, get drept. <laughs> yes, for faster, easier dishwashing, join the march to drept. Procter & Gamble's Miracle Suds not only cuts dishwashing time in half, but actually gets your dishes cleaner than soap. So clean, they shine even without wiping. Now that's not all. You should see draft get rid of grease. Why, well, there's no dishpan ring the way there is with soap, and there's no greasy film on your hands. What's more, unlike soap... Draft contains no alkali that can redden your hands. So Monday morning, ask your dealer for that bright green package of Draft. Sure, don't get left, get Draft. And now back to the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. Well, Riley is under the mistaken impression that his wife is leaving him because they had a quarrel at breakfast. Right now, we find poor Riley seated at the drugstore soda fountain and very miserable. Hey, Joe,
3: how much do I owe you? Let me see now. Uh, One buttermilk fizz. That's ten cents. Hey, Riley, what's the matter? You've got a horrible look on your face. I'm thinking... (laughs) You know, Joe Women are funny Always flying off the handle Now you take my wife No, thanks (laughs) So what if I didn't kiss her one day? She didn't miss nothing Now she's sore at me
1: Yes, sir, Riley I've
3: seen marriages come and marriages go The littlest kind of argument can break any of them up Oh, not mine I'm sure mine's gonna last I hope now, I knew a case
6: once. This guy tells his wife he wants two six-minute eggs for breakfast. So the wife gives him six two-minute eggs. <laughs> you know what? What? That husband walked out of the house and left her. No kidding. That was 20 years ago. That man will never go back.
3: How do you know? I am that man. <laughs>
4: oh, hello, Joe.
3: What do you have, Miss Riley?
4: Oh, nothing, thanks. I just wanted to talk to my father. Oh, Daddy.
3: Hmm? What? The beds. What are you doing here?
4: Well, I was on my way to meet Simon Vanderhopper.
3: Oh, well, uh, ain't you seeing a little too much of that, Simon?
4: Well, only three times a week. I don't think that's too much for a couple that's practically engaged. Engaged? Oh, well, yes, practically. And one of these days, who knows, I may even marry him.
3: Ah, uh, listen, Babs, I know something about that subject. The way for you two kids to stay happy is to have a very long engagement. And don't let marriage interrupt it.
4: Oh, you're just bitter, Daddy, because you had a fight with Mother this morning.
3: How did you... Who told you... Did Junior tell you...
4: Yes, I just met him outside. That's why I came in. I wanted to talk to you about Mother. If you'll take my advice, Dad... I
3: don't want your advice, thank you. If I want the kind of advice you get from a child's brain, I can think of it myself.
5: (laughs)
4: I can give you the woman's point of view.
3: Never mind. I got the woman's point of view this morning.
4: But, Daddy. I
3: don't want to discuss it. Your mother started this fight, and I ain't going to end it till she comes to me begging for forgiveness.
4: Oh, Daddy, you've got a lot to learn about women. Now, I saw a movie last night, The Thrill of Marriage.
3: You kids ought to stay away from them horror pictures.
5: (laughs) Oh,
4: it was so exciting. Cary Grant has a dreadful fight with Catherine Hepburn, and she leaves
3: him. I don't want to discuss it.
4: He suffers something awful, but in the end, he wins her back by psychology.
3: I said I don't want to discuss... How?
4: He gives her a gift, sort of a peace offering. It's just a thought. Now, Mother would love a box of glazed fruit. She's wild I wish
3: you'd stop telling me what to do like I was a kid. And I wish that Junior would stop blabbing about my private affairs. First thing you know, the whole neighborhood will know. I'm going to teach that boy a lesson. Junior? What is it, Pop? Oh, there you are. Listen, what's the big idea of shooting your mouth off about me and your mother? You want all the neighbors to know we had a fight?
7: No, but, Pop, Badge is the only one I took. Go on,
3: advertise it. Let the whole neighborhood in on it. <laughs> Yell it out at the top of your voice. <laughs>
7: Mr. and Mrs. Riley had a fight.
5: <laughs> Pop.
7: Please, Pop, cut it out. Everybody's looking.
3: Look. Well, now listen, here's some money. Run down to Greenspreckle's Grocery and tell them to deliver a two-pound box of glazed fruit to your mother right away.
7: Pop, you're making up with Mom.
3: Oh, that's swell. Well, I figured it's dangerous to let these little tiffs go too far. With women, anything can happen. Peg might decide to go home to her mother. Well, she might even bring her mother home to us. (laughs) Junior, you better make that a five-pound box of fruit. (laughs)
7: How long do we have to hide here behind the porch? Well, this is my strategy,
3: see? I stay here and watch till Greenspreckle's delivery boy brings the box of glazed fruits. I give your mother just enough time to open it, then in I walk, give her the kiss I owe her, and then I help her eat the fruit. <laughs> you think it'll work? It's gotta work. Why, if your mother left me, i You told Greenspreckle to put in a note like I said, didn't you?
7: Yeah, the note's gonna say, let bygones be bygones. But you should assign your name, Pop. Oh, she'll know it's from me. And it's cuter that way. Watch out, there's the delivery
3: boy. Uh-huh. I got a feeling this is going to fix me up good. <laughs> the door's opening. The boy went in. I guess now she's reading the card. And a sweet smile is spreading over her face. Gee, I wish I could hear what she was saying.
2: Well, of all the unmitigated nerve... Beg pardon, ma'am? Let bygones be bygones. I like that. Who does he think he is? Oh, ma'am? Why, your boss, that green spreckel. Call me an old snoop, Willie, but will you take this right back to him. But, oh, ma'am... And tell him I refuse to accept it. Yes, ma'am. And you can tell that green that I think he's an insulting, rude, and obnoxious...
3: I know she's crying, little junior. She's sorry she treated me the way she did. There's the boy. And Mom's coming out, too. Yeah, she's looking for me. Can't wait till I come home.
5: You
2: take it back to him and tell him that I don't want his box of cheap fruit.
3: Cheap?
5: It It
3: costs two bucks.
5: I'm through with
2: him and I mean it. As far as I'm concerned, he never existed.
3: Did you hear that, Junior? She said I never existed. Boy, I got a birth certificate right here in my wallet.
5: (laughs) Why,
7: sure you're alive, Pop. I'm
3: a witness. I can't stand this no longer. If your mother don't take me back, I'm. I'm. She can't leave me. If she tries to divorce me, I'll fight it. I'll plead insanity. (laughs) And I got plenty of good friends who'll swear to it. What am I going to do now? My own sweet wife says she's through with me. As far as she's concerned, I ain't even alive.
8: According to my records, she's wrong. <laughs> Who's that? It is I, Digby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker.
5: <laughs> oh,
8: hello, Digger. Greetings, Riley. You're looking fat. Fi- you look horrible. <laughs> I feel
3: worse than I look,
8: Digger. Then you shouldn't be walking about these noisy streets. Come over to my place and lie down. No, 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 thanks, Digger. I'd rather walk. Then I'll walk along with you. But uh, not so fast, Riley. I prefer a slower pace. Uh,
3: Okay, Digger, but do me a favor. Walk alongside of me, not behind me.
8: Sorry. Occupational neurosis. But tell me, Riley, what's furrowing your manly brow? Oh, my wife is sore at me. She says I waste money. Oh, a bad habit, Riley. Economy is the watchword in business. Every year I lay away plenty. (laughs) Gee, marriage can give you headaches. Oh, Riley, I just heard a delightful quip on the subject of matrimony. It goes like this. First wife. John hasn't kissed me since my honeymoon. Second wife, why don't you divorce him? First wife, I can't. John isn't my husband. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) Isn't that a scream?
3: Yeah, yeah, hilarious. But I ain't in the mood to laugh at jokes like that. You see, I tried to patch things up with my wife, so I sent her a box of fruit, but she sent it back.
8: You should have let me handle it. When I send the box out, it never comes back. (laughs) Now my wife says she's through with me. I was once in a similar predicament, so I went to my dear spouse, threw myself on my knees and said, My beloved... I cannot let you fight the battle of life alone. Two heads are better than one. So let us bury the hatchet. And it worked? I'm still happily married. <laughs> well, then I'll try it. It's my only
3: chance. I'll run home and say just what you've said. Gee, Digger, thanks. You've given me a new lease on life. How can I pay you back?
8: Don't worry. You'll do something for me someday. <laughs> I can wait. Well, cheerio. I'd better be shoveling off.
3: Peg! Hey, Peg,
2: where are you? Well, Riley, what are you... Oh,
3: Peg, darling, take me back. What? One head is better than two, so bury the hatchet in my head. <laughs>
2: Uh, Riley get up off your knees I just back him the rugs
3: I know it's a terrible thing what I did this morning
2: mm, what was that?
3: I didn't kiss you goodbye
2: oh didn't you?
3: well, well don't you remember?
2: no I thought you were keeping track <laughs> well, you have to excuse me dear I've had such a mixed up day I had a fight with the grocer you and mean I...
3: you ain't sore at me? well why should I be? But I don't understand. If you ain't sore, why did you send back the glazed fruit I sent you? You sent them? And I thought the
2: grocer did.
3: Oh, I sent them back to him. Well, sure, I sent them back.
2: Well, that's sweet of you, dear, sending me a present. Riley, what have you been up to?
3: (laughs) Nothing. I sent you a present on account of the fight we had. What fight? Well, the one we had this morning.
2: We didn't have a fight this morning. We never fight.
3: Now, look, Peg, don't try to tell me. I know a fight when I've been in one.
2: (laughs) I tell you, we did not have a fight this morning. I say
3: we did. We had a fight because I'm extravagant.
2: You're not extravagant. Yes, I am. Now,
3: don't be stubborn. I am not stubborn. Please, don't shout. I am not shouting.
0: (laughs) Now, look here.
3: Once and for all, I...
5: Uh,
3: Dumplin'. What are we fighting about? Well, I, I'm sure I don't know. Well, then how's about giving me a kiss? Eh?
2: <laughs> All right, you yeah. talked me into it.
5: Oh, why,
2: well, why, well, Riley?
3: I, I'm just making up for the kiss I didn't give you this morning. <laughs>
2: Oh, my married people get into the craziest grapes, don't they? Yeah.
3: <laughs> Say Dumplin, speaking of marriage reminds me of a swell joke Digger Odell told me today. It goes like this First husband. I haven't kissed your wife since my honeymoon. <laughs> Second husband, why don't she divorce you? Third husband. She can't. Her name is John. <laughs> <laughs> What's
2: the matter, Peg? You ain't laughing. Well, I, I don't see anything funny.
3: <laughs> That's the trouble with married women. No sense of humor.
1: Riley's, well, we'll be back in a moment. Now, before we leave you to enjoy the good old summertime, just a word about washing your pretty summer silks, nylons, and woolens. For the world's finest care, use drift. Yes, Draft will wash your nice, new, lightweight woolens softer and fluffier than even expensive soap flakes. As for nylons, why, Draft will keep them sheer-looking as new, as color-true as with water alone. And Drafting your pretty colored lingerie will help keep it bright and gay and new-looking far longer than any soap. The reason there's no soap film left with Draft. So no wonder Draft is America's largest-selling brand for fine washables and dishes. But uh, see for yourself. First thing Monday, get
5: dressed. Oh, my,
2: these glazed fruits are simply wonderful, Riley. It was real sweet of you, dear, to think of me.
3: Well, I ain't one to boast, Peg, but you're a lucky woman, having a generous husband like me, always buying you gifts, anything your little heart desires. Uh, you know,
2: Riley... What, Dumplin'? Well... go ahead, Dumplin', say it. Uh, I... I saw a fur coat in the window today, and it's... Have some more
1: fruit, Peg, more fruit. And now, since this is the last Riley show until Saturday, September 6th, there's a parting word from our star, the man who makes Riley so smiley, William Bendix.
3: Well, folks, tonight we close up the Riley's Happy Household for a short breather. We'll miss not meeting with you each Saturday night this summer, but... We're very happy that that will all be cured come Saturday night next, September 6th. That's when we'll all be back again, eight weeks from tonight. And we hope you'll be with us. And many thanks for the warm way you've received us and all your friendly letters. They mean a lot to us. So have a healthy, happy summer and take very special care of each other. From all of us here, good luck and good (laughs) night.
1: Dr. Gamble, makers of Dress, the sudden miracle for soaps, nylons, woolens, dishes, I Invite you to join us again on Saturday, September 6th, for the start of the fifth year of The Life of Riley with William Bendix's Riley. The Life of Riley is produced by Irving Brecker and is directed by Don Bernard. The script is by Alan Lipscott and Ruben Schiff, assisted by Jack Brecker and Henry Posner. Music by Lou Kozlow. Our featured players are Paula Winslow as Mrs. Riley, John Brown as Digger O'Dell, Barbara Eiler as Babs, and Tommy Cook as Junior. Our engineer is Ralph Reed. Our sound effects are by Floyd Caton. Andy Potter and John Morris are production assistants. This is Ken Carpenter wishing you the life of Riley and reminding you for faster, brighter, safer cleaning than any previous suds in history, use Draft. Don't get left, get Draft. Say, what put the gleam in his eyes? The gleam
2: in
5: her hair.
1: Why is the gleam in her hair? Prell, P-R-E-L-L. Procter & Gamble's new Emerald Clear Radiant Cream Shampoo in the handy tube.
2: Prell reveals a radiant, gleaming beauty no soap or soap shampoo can equal. And Prell leaves hair so easy to manage. Radiantly soft, radiantly lovely. Prel
1: removes embarrassing dandruff in as little as three minutes, a fact proved by a group of doctors. Even stubborn dandruff was controlled by only two Prell shampoos a week. And a little Prell makes mountains of lather.
2: And say, the whole family goes for that handy Prell tube.
1: Yes, no messy jars, no slippery bottles. Try the new radiant cream shampoo, Prell.
4: T-R-E-L-L Pearl Shampoo Leaves hair radiant, gleaming bright Not a bit of dandruff is inside Comes in a tube, handy too T-R-E-L-L Pearl Shampoo
1: Yes, try (laughs) Pearl! Listen again, eight weeks from tonight, Saturday, September 6th when Draft, the sizing Miracle for Silks, Nylons, Woolens, Dishes will bring you The Life of Riley. Good night!